2: Islanders have been a little bit leaky with the defense. The New York Rangers have been hot out west. And are the Edmonton Oilers in trouble? All that and more today on Big Apple Hockey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. Uh, trying some new things to make sure we can kind of hook some of you viewers or new viewers up right away. And, uh, you know, at, we had every team in the NHL was playing last night. We're going to be talking more about that later. I am the well-traveled Mark Williams, who is also 8-for-8 eight eight on a parlay last night. I would like to say thank you very much to the eight teams that I picked. And... Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John Fulkowski.
0: Big win last night for the Rangers.
2: Yeah, it was a very big win, and to keep their momentum going. And the man who is not going to forget the little people as he was on NHL radio the other day, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Uh,
1: yeah, that was that was pretty cool uh, last Saturday. I hope some of you guys got to catch that. But, um, yeah, last night was a great night, the frozen frenzy, a lot of games, a lot of action, um, you know, hockey fans' dream. so. Uh, we'll see if they keep, you know, if they do that going forward. When there's a lot of games on the docket,
2: what do you guys think about that? Even though we're going to talk more about it in a little bit, what do you guys think?
0: Loved it. Yeah, thought it was awesome. Uh, I get the scheduling reason just because you don't want to go up against NFL college football on a Saturday or a Sunday right now. You're going to mm-hmm. have to wait to do that later in the season. But I mean, it's really cool to get it on a Tuesday night in the NHL nice weather out. It's still early in the season. Everybody plays. Everybody's uh, highlighted. Um, ESPN, I think, did a pretty good job of it, all things considered, and I I loved it. I I drank and watched watched hockey all night, so I'm I'm happy.
2: (laughs) Well, I was getting ready to go to Arizona, but like I said, uh, I had a big night with with my betting, and we're going to go right to the A block, and we're going to go with the New York Islanders, who have not exactly had a great week for them, uh, the Islanders. Uh, first off, by the way, everybody, once again, the A Block is powered by SeatGeek, and make sure you use the promo code Big Apple Hockey twenty dollars off your first order. And the Big Apple Hockey trucker hats and some shirts are available right now. Uh, Again, Mr. Anthony Rocco debuted on the NHL network talking about the New York Islanders where he mentioned some of those amazing saves that Ilya Sorokin made, but Anthony rough week for the Islanders. Oh, and three, they lost to, uh, New Jersey and Buffalo and Colorado. What are your positives and takeaways for the Islanders this week?
1: Well, Oh, to correct you. Oh, two and one, Mar. Um, oh, and three, oh, two and one by the NHL standards. Um, my I bad. mean, I did this way too fast to get it started. Uh, you know, it's it's funny is that like, you know, you're glad that they was that they scored, you know, been scoring goals, you know, four goals against Devils, you know, four goals against Colorado. That's good. But um, those are, you know, two explosive teams, you know, two of the you know better offensive teams in the league. And you, you don't want to get into a track meet with those teams. Um, you need you need to stick to their game, which is defense first. Because uh, again, you know, odds are, you know, when you do get into a running gun style of game with some of those elite teams offensively, um, the result is what you're going to see. You know, so um, they they just need to be better defensively. Um, you know, and it's like it, it's it's quite astonishing because typically, you know, when you, when your goaltender gives up like you know five goals, you, you know, you wouldn't think that you know he was the reason why you at least had a chance to win those games. And, and both those games against the game against New Jersey. Um, you know, Sorokin made the two highlight reel saves, the glove save on Hughes and then later on Bastion. And um, four of those goals were on the power play. He gave them a chance to win the game. And then again last night, you know, once again, last night he made two highlight reel saves. that are going to be talked about, you know, throughout the rest of the season as contenders for save of the year. He, got, he did the paddle save again, which is the third time he's done that now. Um, and then uh, Phil mentioned that that toe save, which was even better. On Ross Colton, he got that too. Um, he made a breakaway save on Ron Johansson. You know, so again, despite giving up five goals, he, he's been good in those games. And it's just when you have defensive breakdowns, of where you let what the third best player in the world, roughly, and fourth Nathan McKinnon, walk off the, the you know the the sidewall and the slot and rip a shot. I mean, you, you're when you let a player like that get a high danger scoring chance like that, more often than not, they're gonna they're gonna put it in the back of the net. Um, you know, Cal McCarr's goal, the guy skated through everybody and unleashed a, a backhand, which, you know, every goalie will tell you the backhand is one of the hardest shots to track because you don't really know where it's going to go. And, you know, he roofed it and you, you can't you can't be giving up those opportunities like that. As good as your goaltender may be, when you have these players getting these chances, they're, they're going to finish. And overall, I, I thought the Islanders were sloppy against Colorado. They were sloppy against New Jersey. Um, you know, they were sloppy against the game in Buffalo that they lost. So while they've scored goals, which is, is definitely good to see, you know, Kyle Palmieri and Noah Dobson are both leading the, the team in points with five points in, in those five games and, you know, Nelson's playing well and it, that's, that's all good, but they need to get back to what works for them. And that's playing what we talked about, you know, boring hockey, boring hockey is what wins them games. That, mm. That's the style that they need to play um, and especially against those especially against those good teams like Colorado and New Jersey. Yeah, you know, if you want to get into a run and gun game with, you know, San Jose or you want to up the that I mean that's fine. <laughs> these are, you know, they're not really gonna be able to hurt you as much as the other uh, these other teams. But Pelic, Pollock they gotta be better. Um, you know, everybody defensively. You have to they have to pay more attention detail to detail of the puck, and they just gotta be better defensively. It's really the simplest way to put it. Because right now they're they're you know they're not playing well defensively, and it's hurting them. Okay. How about those saves that Anthony was mentioning that Sorokin made? That
2: paddle save, it's just becoming commonplace, isn't it?
0: He's got, I would say, four, maybe five saves so far that are probably going to be up for save of the year <laughs> at the end of the year. I mean, he he's the reason why they're not owned 5 right now, if you ask me. I don't think this islander team has played well at all even in their wins i, I thought that they were a bit shaking some of those wins I mean the, the shutout win that they had against Arizona I think they were they were good in that one but there were times where Arizona was taking the game back from them and it looked like they could have tied it i, I it just I've watched this team very close, more closely than I have in years past I'll, I'll be totally honest with you and I, I I just think like something's not right with this team. Something, something there, there's just something that's off mentally with them because it's just, it's breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. And the attention to detail that was there for years under Barry Trotz is not there right now. I, I, I don't, I wonder if it's just them not responding to Lane Lambert, if it's Lambert's message, not getting across. I mean, again, the, the conversations we had with them last year were, you know, how long do we chalk this up to adjusting to Lambert system as opposed to you know playing with trots? If this is carrying over, and that's – that. honestly, if, if I'm an Islander fan, th- that's a big red flag for me. I, I, I'd I really be concerned about that because they shouldn't be playing like this and just blowing assignments left and right and, and leaving guys wide open to the slot or having I, – I get it, it's Cal McCarr. He's one of the best puck movers and one of the best skaters ever but there's no way that that guy should just go in like that Mm -hmm. untouched one on four and score backhanded like that. I'm sorry. But if you're, you're, if you're playing better defense, that doesn't happen, even with a guy that skilled. Mm -hmm. So for for me, I, I, I think that they need to get like Anthony said, get back to the basics, get back to playing defense, get back to playing boring hockey, get back to playing it in your face, get back to playing that agitating, annoying, frustrating style of hockey that they played for the last five years beforehand. I, I don't see why they're, they don't do it. And to, to me, if they don't start doing it sooner than later, they're going to find themselves out of the playoff race. And I know it's early. It's very early. It's five games. But these are the types of signs that it just for, for going as long as it's gone really, really concern me. And, yeah, there's a ton of time for them to turn it around. I'm not saying the sky is falling right now or anything. But if they don't fix this sooner than later, it, be, it can become very pro- problematic for them.
2: Look, that's 100% right as far as they need to fix this sooner than later. Now, I think one thing that can encourage you is the amount of offense that they're putting out there. There is a ton of offense, but again, as Anthony was mentioning before, the Islanders are just, they play boring hockey. That's what they did. And as Brian's saying right here, Tross brought oh, this level of respect to a club that Wayne lacks a little bit. And you know what? I don't think you're wrong, Brian. And I think one thing about what they're doing right now because again their their PK got lit up by the Devils, and that's been a bit of a an issue. Um oh, that's and- a
0: completely separate issue. I'm surprised Anthony didn't bring that up because letting up what four power play goals in one game to the devils, <laughs> that's bad. When was the last time the islanders had that happen?
1: I, I uh I can't even remember the last time it happened. But, I, I think it was the know. Doug Wade error, and you know, Doug and Wade that era. and, that's, and that's, that's before that that's the frustrating thing. I mean, they, they, they outscored the devils, you know, I mean, obviously you want to count the game, the overtime winner, but you know, four to one in the game when they're at, when they're at even strength, you know, you can't, you can't let up four power play goals in a game, you know, even, even when you know, have yeah. a team as skilled as the devils. And, you know, uh, last night, again, the avalanche, you can't, you can't get suckered into the way they avalanche wanted to play. I get it. The avalanche are a fast team. They play with speed. So, you, you know, you have to match that, but you, the avalanche wanted them to get into their style of game and that's and that's exactly what happened the islanders got got sucked into to playing with the avalanche that style and again it's encouraging that you know they hung in there though with the avalanche and matching kind of goal for goal but that's not the way you want to that's not the way you want to play that team um, you know and there was that there was like that 10 minute stretch in the third period where the islanders tied it took the lead at 3-2 they, they were really bringing their game to the avalanche and then what happened? Two two late breakdowns where they weren't careful with the puck, and they scored two goals in 13 seconds before the end of the second period. And, you know, that was, you know, I know Lee tied the game earlier in the third, but um, you had kind of had the sense when that happened that it wasn't going to end well for the Islanders. So, um, again, five, really five, you know, five games, two, two, and one. I'm not going to ring the alarm bell now, but, you know, uh, the, they, they need to just – they need, just need to straighten out their their defense and get back to basics. And by the way, Anthony, that Anders Lee goal, my goodness,
2: Alexander Georgiev wishes he could have that one back. He just I missed think it. Georgiev looked very good last night. He he
1: just and he just yeah he whiffed on it.
2: Yeah, he just absolutely whiffed. Like, did you think? What do you just think Anders Lee was going to do? You have to be ready for a shot. And he took an
1: uncharacteristically
0: bad penalty too, that put Colorado on a power play, and I believe Colorado ended up scoring on that power play. Um, you, you can't, that's another thing they've taken just unbelievably stupid penalties in some of these games. And and it's just, it's a very undisciplined look for a team that was built on discipline over Barry Trotz's tenure. So that's another thing that concerns me.
2: Well, um, before we get to the final word on the Islanders, it's just and as far as like you look at those goals last night, the only one, if you want to fault any of them on Sorokin, maybe the Rantanen goal, but he still had to go post to post on it. The only reason why I'm saying fault on it is you look at the look on Sorokin's face. Sorokin thought he should have had it. Uh, I th- I think anytime you go, you have to go post to post. The goalie gets the benefit of the doubt to me. The uh, royal roll, the royal road, as uh, Steve Alaket calls it. So.
1: But again, you know, worry. that was a that was a two that was a 2-on-1 that developed inside the zone and it was a guy that scored 50 what 53 goals last year or whatever whatever he scored. Oh, sure. um, yep. So it's, you know, it's it's tough, but they, they 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 put him in a tough spot and you know, he you know, he gave him a chance to win the game and unfortunately they just like I said, those 13 seconds at the end of the second period where they just were careless with the puck. That was the game. All right. Well, quick little
2: uh, nugget about the New York Rangers because the New York Rangers last week, two and one, they had wins over Seattle and last night over Calgary, but that effort versus Nashville was absolutely horrendous. Phil, what are your positive takeaways from the New York Rangers this week? I'll start with the
0: negative before I go to positive, just because I think there's a lot less negative to cover. Um, The negative is that there are some slow starts in these games. Uh, I've noticed that. They started a little slow against Seattle. They started slow last night against Calgary. Uh, Filipino had an absolutely brutal, I would say, first two minutes of the game where he tried to make a pass through the neutral zone. Puck got turned over and then blows the assignment on Blake Coleman in his own zone leading to Calgary's only goal. I mean, he got those out of the way early, which was good. Um, the Rangers started very, very slow overall in that game. Uh, they started extremely slow in Nashville, and that was just the way how that game went. Uh, no effort against Nashville. Uh, you could have won that game if you showed up to play because is not that good of a team. Um, and the way that they played in Seattle, I, I mean, again, another kind of slow start. But, again, the positives – rebounding and they their second periods have been really good overall this season they've been really really good in second periods and they've played lockdown defense in the third period so this team is getting leads and then they're just going into shutdown mode and they're giving teams nothing just absolutely nothing uh they they are one of the top teams in the league in terms of uh, shots allowed on net least shots allowed uh they were just they were really really good defensively in a lot of these games for a big portion of like the second half of games uh the scoring has woken up Artemi panarin looks great he looks more like the mvp caliber player he was in his first two years in new york philip hedel has five assists in his last two games he's a point per game right now adam fox is a point per game chris Kreider is a point per game with five goals um Mika Zivanejad needs to find himself. He does not look good at all. He doesn't. Um, he's missing nets way wide on shots. His defensive plays leave a lot to be desired. Um, I-, I wonder what's going on with him. Capo Caco has not shown me anything in this regular season. For a guy who looked as good as he did in preseason, Capo um, Caco has not looked good at all. Uh, I'm sorry. He's just ha- – aside from, like, the-, the goal that he had and maybe a couple of plays here and there um, – he just has not really done the job. Alexi Lafreniere, on the other hand, has looked really good. Um, he's been robbed, I would say, of about two assists. He should have five points. He he had assists on two goals that he was not awarded assist for for some reason. So, yeah, th- this yeah this line right here has been their best line, hands down. It's one of been one of the best lines in the NHL easily. Um, Igor Shesterkin has not been great so far, but he, great last night, but his game last night was the best night game of the season so far. He made the saves that he needed to make in order to keep the Rangers ahead in that game and in that game when they were down by one, because he was under siege at various points. So uh, I love what I see from Igor last night. I hope this is the sign of things to come because his. Previous starts were not that good, and he wasn't tested against Buffalo. Um, I would say, um, if anything, I want to see more from Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren in terms of defensive play. They've kind of been a little shaky here and there. Um, They had some shifts last night where I was like, what are you guys doing? I I, I really – I I, I want more from them. I expect more from them. Mm. I I love – although I will say – the unsung hero of defense has definitely been Eric Gustafson. He has just been a revelation for this team. From the start of training camp to now, he's been a revelation. He's got four points already. Um, he looks really good on power play, too. And if, uh, if they want to change things up, maybe they should try putting him on power play one and seeing how that blast works because they need more left-hand representation on that power play. Um, that's one thing I would change there. power play starting to get better. PK has been really good. But um, from time to time, they space out defensively. And that's one thing that I think that will get fixed over time. But when they're playing their game, they get ahead. And once they decide to lock down, that's it. Game over. So Jonathan Quick, I'll even give him his, his props. He was okay in his game against Seattle. There were times where he was tested. Not Nettie, but when he was tested, he was good. And that's a bonus. So Rangers looking good so far. Uh, just need to work a few kinks out and can't have any more slow starts the way that they've had. They need to stop getting behind in games and get ahead early and then lock it down from
2: there.
1: Yeah, Anthony, did
2: you see that Seattle game? It looked like the lighting in the old Dix Hills rink.
1: Yeah, Quick quick made yeah. a comment about it, like that be a climate pledge arena, but um... – yeah, that was, that was funny. I mean, it happens. It happens. Um, I mean, if you're going to go, I mean, my take, I mean, I was kind of laughing for, cause Phil basically kind of took two of my negatives. I mean, zabinajad he has five points, but he has no goals. And for a guy who's really a goal scorer, um, you know, he, he needs to find the net. Uh, he's definitely looked off in that regard. I mean, we saw, you know, what was it last year? Barzell had 11 assists or 12 assists before he got his first goal. So, I don't I know thought if it's it was gonna 15 be, or 16. Yeah, trend in that trend in that direction, but um Zibanejad needs to just find a way to finish. He needs to be better in that regard. Again, Kako's got two points in six games. I mean, I know some people here writing comments, they disagree with with Phil's assessment there, but I I actually do think he hasn't been playing that particularly well. He needs to show been more. not noticeable. Yeah, no. He, you know, he, he he really hasn't. Um but the 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 first line, Panarin, Heedle. Um, and laugh that line has been great for sure. Uh, I thought Trocheck has looked pretty good um, on You're both sides of the um, like Yeah, I like how he's skating and how he's playing. Um, Eric Gustafson, I mean, this is a guy, you know, we all know about it. He had a career year in Chicago many years ago, and last year between Toronto and, and Washington, he had 42 points. So he's a guy that could certainly score. Um, the knock on him has always been, you know, he wasn't really – great defensively but you know he's he's done what he's had to do so far so hopefully the, for, for the rangers he can keep that going it'll make you know their their second power play unit more dangerous um you know quick again jonathan quick in the preseason he looked honestly he, he looked toast uh but in the mop-up duty game he got in nashville when shesterkin got pulled i thought he looked he looked good um and then the game in seattle you know he got the job done so you know, if he could play at least at that level, that will at least give the Rangers some comfort knowing when you give Igor a rest, it's not going to be just a total, you know, throwaway game. Um, Cause the, you know, he's going to, he's going to need to prove that he can go in there and, you know, get a win when necessary. Um, you know, but overall, you know, I, I think the Rangers are playing a good game. What's surprising me was a Phil mentioned when they're getting a lead, they, they have been shutting the opposition out and not giving them much. In years past, that really hasn't been the Rangers, you know, M.O. There are a lot of times where they let a team back in the game by scoring a couple and um, they just look a lot better sound defensively, obviously minus the national game for sure. But um, overall, I like the way they're playing within their structure and that's, you know, just a, a testament to La Violette finally imploring a system. No, no knock on Gerard Gallant, but um, it's, you know, it's basically what's happening here. So, um, through the first six games, you know, four and two record. Obviously, you, you take that and run, um, you know, and hope that you keep building on your game. Um, Igor, like Phil mentioned, hasn't wasn't really playing all that great hockey before last night. I think before last night, his safe percentage was eight seventy nine, but he had the strongest game he's had so far this season. So hopefully, you know, he can get to that level more consistently. Um, but again, you know, when we're talking about all teams here, not just Rangers Islanders. You know, when five, six games, it's still such a small sample size. You, you try not to, you know, read into things too much. Um, but, you know, it's, listen, four and two is certainly being a lot better than the situation the Oilers are in, it, you know, one, four and one, or wherever they are. So, it's a topic for another story. But uh, overall, I think the Rangers game has is, is, is been pretty good. Well, Anthony kind of led into that. It's going to be in the bar talking a little bit, guys.
2: So, get ready for that one. And I do have to say before, because you guys hit all, all the points. It, it's important to have a system because when things aren't going right, you go back to your system and they're playing the one three one neutral zone just better than like, I I've, I, this is the best offensive Rangers team I've seen in a long time. They're just completely killing any shots against now the Nashville game. The problem was when you got the shots against it was, a breakaway, uh a, a leaked goal that went through Sisterkin. And um uh and then you no, know, you have the one by Forsberg that just you rifled, but you can't just because you're letting up less shot opportunities, you can't let them in. It's supposed to be that's where is supposed to make the save, and that's where we all agree Sisterkin did not have a good game versus Nashville. I was getting a little bit worried, guys, that Sisterkin was gonna be that type of goal that he can't have an 18 save shutout. He's got to have, like, a 30-save game all the time. And I I think the game against Calgary, you kind of saw him come back a little bit. He made an outstanding save in the second period that was just, yeah, chef's kiss, and probably because his buddy in Long Island had two outstanding saves himself, and he had to try to catch up. So Rangers come out of the road trip. They get Edmonton coming up. Uh, They get Edmonton and, oh, but Vancouver this week. Uh, Edmonton tomorrow night and Vancouver Saturday night. It, it's going to be interesting if the Rangers could come out with a split of those two games. You're talking about a four and one road trip. Uh, that's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a good road trip. So, I'm uh, sorry, three and one, I should say. All right, guys, we're going to get a message from DraftKings and then do some bar talk. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN.
1: Shot This is the easiest cyber dancer. answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe.
2: I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. And speaking of DraftKings, Anthony, I went eight for eight last night. I still want to keep bragging about that because that was that <laughs> was a nice little five hundred dollar win for me.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah.
2: And uh I tried to get the gimme's, but I had to I had a tricky one with Seattle and um Detroit. Detroit. Originally I was gonna take Detroit, but then I was like, you know yeah. what, just take the over. I think that's that's gonna hit anyway. Guys, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So so I'll have a beer. Or, oh, I'll just take a shot. I will try to bring my energy up, bring your energy in the comments, and play along. And of course, why go to the liquor store where you can make it a drizzly night? Go on the app, start an account, click the link below, and, you know, have everybody bring everything to you. Beer, wine, liquor, what have you. Just... It's easier. Great for parties. And, of course, the big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are also available down there. Philk, Eric Gustafson, four points so far as a sixth defenseman for the New York Rangers. And he's had some pretty good seasons. Three, a couple years ago, he got 38 points. Eric Gustafson, or actually even last year, I believe. Eric Gustafson will notch 30 points with the New York Rangers.
0: I'm going to buy a round on this. I, I He puts up a lot of points because uh, he's adept at moving the puck. He's got a real good shot. He he knows how to get the puck on net. He's very good at that, I would say. Um, and I, I really like what he brings to this team. Uh, I, I think that they've lacked uh, a bottom-pairing puck-moving presence for a while. And I, I think he fits the bill there. So I, I could see him between... The time that he's going to get, and I, I think the fact that there are going to be a lot of shifts where he's going to end up playing with some of the top lines at times, and he's going to end up being on there, and he'll he'll get some points. And then I think on power play, too, he's going to help improve power play, too. I, I really do think that his shoot-burst mentality helps that unit quite a bit. So I, I'm going to buy around it. Maybe may be a little bold, but I, I'm going to buy around on this one.
1: Anthony, what do you think? I think there's two F's in Gustafson. That's what I think, Mark. Um, uh, wait, no, that can't be. I put it in there.
2: <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, just for the record, there was the other one. I had a travel day myself, guys. I, I've been <laughs> like in Arizona. Ups. Um. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go round two. I mean, if you if you said forty, I I probably would have said beer, but I think. I think he could do 30 for sure. Um, you know, again, small sample size. But he got about four and six already. Uh, he's going to get, you know, a, you know, not a lot of power play time because, I mean, the first unit probably takes up the first minute, you know, or minute of 15. But um, he moves the puck well. He gets the puck on net. Like I said, this is a guy that, you know, has proved he could put up points in the National Hockey League with his, you know, one outlier year in Chicago. And then, you know, last year, Mark, he actually had 42 points. You, you were forgetting to – add the four points he had from after he got traded. So, um, 40 points last year. Um, you know, when he, when he gets the minutes and he's given the opportunity, I think he can produce. And I think the Rangers are going to give him that to an extent. So, um, I'll go around as well. See,
2: I, my first instinct is to say, and by the way, Anthony is correct on that. He had 42. I did say 38 to start. That was 38 just with Washington. Um, you, you know, it's. I'm tempted to say beer over a round, but I'm gonna go round. And the other thing I'm tempted to say is, you worry if he's pr- producing plenty. I wonder if that means somebody else is not producing. Maybe uh, Kandre Miller or uh, Jacob Truba aren't producing, or maybe even Adam Fox. I did put a mark messed up just now, didn't I?
1: Yeah, no. Oh. I just we had to we had to deliver for the people. He, he asked, yeah. "Why oh, no yeah. mark messed up?"
2: Uh, you know, you know it, the people were owed the, uh, the mark best up. This one actually has a legit reason. Uh, but you know what, Gustafson, if he could provide some offense from that sixth defenseman, that bottom pairing, then that could really help. He's looked good so far. He's probably been maybe the Rangers' second best defenseman behind of Fox. And as Phil said, you need more out of Lindgren and Truba, even though Truba has been a shot blocking machine. So far, no,
0: I said they need more out of the Fox and Lindgren
2: pairing. No, you, you, yeah, you did say that. Um, I'm gonna make sure I get all my words right. Uh, the uh, but you know, I would be worried about that, but right now, hey, keep it going, keep, keep doing what you're doing, let the points keep coming. Anthony, this week, the New York Islanders let up six goals in an overtime loss to New Jersey, and one where Jack, uh, Jack Hughes just was allowed to skate for about five seconds, completely unsupervised for the game winner. And, I mean, seven goals last night, but two of them were empty netters. One of them was uh, a pass back to a point that went all the way back into the, uh, the empty net.
1: Mark, but, you know, they, didn't,
2: they, up defensively.
1: they didn't go up six goals in New Jersey. They lost 5-4, five, 5-4 four, five, four in overtime against the Devils, not 6-4. <laughs> um. But you know, yes, yes, Mark. They they need to tighten up defensively. Um, uh, like I said, you know, they they need to Speaking about tightening up, Anthony. They, they need to go back. Yes, get it together. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they they need to go they back to that boring style of hockey. I mean, listen, I I want them to score goals and I want them to be an exciting team, but um, you gotta you gotta do what works, right? And what works is them playing that suffocating style of defense where they just frustrate the hell out of a team they the other team eventually just makes a careless mistake because they're just you know they're really frustrated and they're being stifled then you capitalize um so you know again small sample size so i'm not gonna like harp on it overly but adam pellick and and ryan Pollock, they both need to be better defensively they they just do i mean these those two guys lead the way granted they, they don't play together anymore you know they, they were broke they're broken up um but they're the top two defenders Uh, and they need to they need to be better Um, you know we already went over Noah Dobson you know he needs to be better granted he looks like he's oh like a man on a mission offensively so far I mean he's he's got off to a good start but you know he needs to be better defensively Um, I mean Romanov has been their best defenseman right now Um, he's cut down on mistakes and he's played the body and you know he's had good gaps and long sticks and stuff poking pucks away so he's been good Um, you know even Sebastian Ajo hasn't hasn't been bad but um, Pelican and Pollock need to be better. And overall, again, the team structure, they need, they need to pay more attention to detail, be on the right side of the puck um, and just not do what you did last night. <laughs> simple as that. So this is a round, right? Yes.
2: All right. All right. There's a round right there for that. Philk, same thing.
0: What do you think I'm going to say here?
2: And there it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what to say in regards to this because I mean, I know I said it earlier on when we were talking about them, but this is also like master of the obvious material right here. I mean, they 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 give up what five goals in one game, three in another and then seven in another, 15 goals in three games. And, I mean, what other what other answer is there for this? You statistically can't disagree with this in any aspect. So, I mean, if it was like Ilya Sorokin was playing like crap and was just letting in <laughs> shots like Dan Cloutier and Nicholas Lindstrom in the 2002 playoffs, then, okay, maybe they don't need to tight-up defensive, tight defensively or tight-up defensively. But this is not the case. It's 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 poor, poor defensive, leaky, blown assignment hockey that we just haven't seen from them since Dung Wait was still coaching. Do you want to go back to the days of like uh Steve Sterling and how badly they played defensively oh back then? Like that that's I mean, if they if they keep doing this, that's what they're gonna look like. So yes, they need to tighten up defensively.
2: Yeah, this is a hat trick. It's an easy one. It's where they they just need to get back to what Islanders hockey is. Islanders hockey is grinded out in defensive style. And as we've just said, just just now, Ilya Sorokin has played out of his mind, and they're they're giving up uh, five goals and seven uh, seven goals with two empty netters, uh, and another three goals versus Buffalo. No, they gotta they gotta they gotta do better. Get it together, boys. Get it together. One guy that's gotten it together very well, Jack Hughes, an NHL leading 14 points. We mentioned the game winner against the New York Islanders the other day. <laughs> Chris T is saying, why do I have trouble? Uh why have I have a terrible feeling that Jack Hughes is gonna put up 100 points. Is that what that says? 140 yeah. points. <laughs> uh 140 points. He's he's saying 140 points. There we go. Yeah. Jack Hughes is currently the best player in the NHL, and guys, I'm going to start this off because I picked him to be the MVP this year, and I'm going to buy around on this one, especially when you could say the words "currently" because right now he is leading the NHL in points. McDavid is going to catch up. He's a McDavid. It's what he's going to do, and um, but right now I, I got to go with Jack Hughes. I, I I have him as the MVP this year, so I'm just going to cede my time to you guys, Phil. What do you think?
0: I uh, know. McDavid's still the best player. Is Jack Hughes leading the NHL in scoring. Yeah. that—that that, I mean, he's had a real hot start. He's scoring at almost three points per game. The way that he's playing right now has been last seen by Mario Lemieux in 1993, and that was a season that he scored 160 points in 60 games, including 69 goals. I mean, he was on pace to shatter Wayne Gretzky's single-season points record of 215 points. He would have scored over 220 points that year. He actually might have broken it by ten or more points had he played the full eighty-four games in '93. So that's just putting in perspective what Jack Hughes is doing right now. But I, I, I still don't think he's the best player in the league right now. He's play—he's right now—he's on a, a ridiculous heater. They used that word, uh, what, fourteen-game heater? That term that was last mm-hmm. year for New Jersey. He's on a heater right now. So yeah, he's playing great hockey, but he's not the best player in the league. That's Connor McDavid until someone comes along and somehow becomes more generational than Connor McDavid. And I don't think that's Jack Hughes. I'm sorry.
1: Anthony, what do you think? So, Mark, uh, like you, uh, actually, I picked Jack Hughes to win the MVP award. Um, you know, when the fourth period, when we all did our, our picks, uh, you know, it was all McDavid, McDavid, a couple of the guys. And, I, you know, I just tend to. I just picked Jack Hughes. I thought last year was 99 points, he was fantastic, and I just had a feeling that, you know, this year um, he was going to be even better. And, look, is Connor McDavid the best player in the National Hockey League? For sure. But, like, if you're talking about, like, right right now, Jack Hughes is is playing like he's the best NHL player. Um, I mean, 14 points in five games. I mean, he's just – every time he touches the puck, he, he makes something happen. And, you know, I think this is a guy that's for sure breaking a hundred points this year. He's not getting stuck at 99 like last year. Um, and he, I don't know, to, it's unfortunate cause you know, he plays in the Metro division and, you know, uh, for teams that we, you know, we happen to like, uh, the devil's having a player like this caliber is, you know, painful. Um, <laughs> but man, is he really special? Uh, I think, I stand by my MVP pick award for him this year. And right now he's certainly playing like one. So I'm, I'm going to go round.
2: Yeah. And just, he just looks like a monster and he's just so casual about everything right now. Like, again, I go back to that game winner against the Islanders, where it was just, okay, you're going to give me the space. I'll just walk in a little bit more. There's the game winner. And almost the Keith, could he could have done the Keith Kachuk point to the, the, the door and say, we're going home. All right. Uh, One team that had the record for the most wins in a single season or the most points, the Boston Bruins, they're 6-0 right now, but they got their wins over Chicago, two of them, Anaheim, San Jose, Nashville, and the LA Kings. That's a combined 10 wins between those six teams. The Bruins' record is more about their strength of schedule. Uh, Phil, sorry. Uh Yeah. I'm probably
0: going to buy around in this. I, I, I mean, they're playing. They're they're playing close games against teams that are really not good. A lot, like Chicago picked to be one of the worst teams in the league, a lottery team again. Um, I mean, Anaheim, and they have Anaheim again for their their next game. I mean, Boston's not beating great teams. The one team that they've beaten that's any good is LA. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell, I'm not I'm not buying them as this six and Oh juggernaut team. I said that they would fight for a playoff spot. And I, I still believe that they're going to fight for one. They might even get that last playoff spot, but th- this hot start is definitely due to the lack of competition that they have played through their first six games w- with the obvious exception being the LA Kings, as I've said before. So I'm, I'm buying around on this. They're there. It's, it's definitely due to the strength and schedule.
1: Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going round too. I mean, Chicago, they played beat twice. They're they're like John said they're expected to be uh, you know, a lottery team again. San Jose, many picked them to be the worst team in the whole entire NHL. Anaheim again, another bottom 3 team. So that's four wins over four really bad teams. Round. Yeah,
2: I, I got to make this one another hat trick, boys. And we're not really saying anything against the Bruins on this. What we're really trying to say is they, I mean, you'd love it if they had these wins over the avalanche, the stars, or somebody else that's at least uh, knocking at the door. But, I, you know, I'm, we're, again, nobody's trying to take anything away from the Bruins. But if you start looking at them and going, look, hey, they're the only, on, a, they're 6-0 and right now. They're looking good.
0: Are they they've allowed the least amount of goals in the league? But they again, Nashville, not a good team. They're expected to be Ooh. a bottom. Leader. Two goals against them. San Jose, one goal. Chicago in two games, one goal. Uh Anaheim, one goal. LA, two goals in the one game that they played against them. And that's the, the one team that's considered legitimate competition for them. So I, I want to see what their what what it's like for them when they get to the the, the strength, uh, when they get past this Anaheim game, and then they have to play Detroit, who's playing better hockey. They look like they're taking the next step. Florida, who's hit or miss. Toronto, a legitimate team. Detroit again. Dallas, a legitimate team. The Islanders, who will be a tough matchup. That stretch, that stretch of six games to me, we're going to find out a lot more about the Bruins during that stretch.
2: And, Phil, just to go through and give the Bruins a little bit more credit on this, because just because they're playing the bottom feeder teams doesn't mean that, again, we're not taking anything away from them, but they're they're overcoming the mental aspects of it. They're they're playing every game regardless of when it is on the road trip. You're like, oh, we're playing the Blackhawks? Well, you can get up for it because now you got Bedard to worry about. But then you have, um, let's say, games on back-to-backs. Then you have uh, a couple days off games at the end of a road trip they're still finishing these games strong and uh and uh, look uh, montgomery's doing a great job with them so far but yeah a little concerned they're winning it on defense right now right
1: right anthony that's all you you i mean i i get it they're good good teams you you're you're supposed to beat teams that you that you should you know that's that's a sign of a good team so i give them that but i'm not i'm not gonna buy into that you know they're they're going to be a juggernaut again, because again, look who they played. But um, so again, you can't take away all credit for them because they got the job done. They're supposed to. So kudos, but until they start playing, you know, some good teams here and really use as a measuring stick, uh, I'm not going to, you know, just say, Oh, well, well everybody was wrong and they're going to be a hundred and whatever they were last season. How many yeah, points? So,
0: no, of course. Now I'll, I'll say one last thing regarding them. And, Matthew Patras has actually been really good for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yes. been a real
0: surprise. He's got four points in six games, rookie, pl- uh, rookie season for him. Um, considering that Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka have really not given them anything offensively, uh, this is big for them because th- this is exactly what they needed because as soon as Mark Shifley was uh, – that ex- extension was announced, I was like, oh, God, Boston's in a lot of trouble. And Patras has actually been really good – and he, he, he looks like someone who's playing well beyond his years. So he keeps this up. I mean, Boston could end up being a playoff team.
2: Well, one team that has about 25% of the points that Boston has right now, the Edmonton Oilers, 1-4-1 and one on the season, only three points. And people have him as a Stanley Cup contender. Mr. LaRocco, the Oilers are in trouble.
1: I mean, when you have McDavid out for, you know, one to two weeks, that's not going to help things. But, um, you know, again, it's still you don't want to see the record they have. I mean, one four and one clearly is not a good start, but still it is still only six games. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say like they're obviously done because that would just be silly. But there is some reason for concern for sure. Um, I mean, they're not they're not defending well. Their goaltenders aren't giving them solid goaltending. Um and it goes back to their depth. I mean, you have Dry Sidle McDavid. I mean, Zach Hyman, you know, he's been good, but after that, I mean, we're I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins likely isn't gonna score 100 points again. And I still don't think they they did enough changes in the offseason to make them a better all around team. I mean, Connor Brown isn't gonna isn't what the doctor ordered. Um, I, I thought they they needed Still a better even after adding Matias Ekholm, I think they still needed to get improve their defense. Um And I still think they could have stood to, you know, change the makeup of the forward group a little bit, because um, when McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't carrying the load um, more often than not, they're not going to win hockey games. So, you know, and you also have to consider they're they're in a, a conference, too, that's they have some improved teams that are going to give a little bit more pushback. So the longer they slide here, just the harder it's going to make on themselves to, you know, to make sure that they're shooing for the playoffs. I mean, there's improved teams. I mean, Arizona is an improved team, for an example, more on them. So um, while I wouldn't say they're quite like in trouble, like panic mode, I, I do think that, like I said, there is reason for con- concern in oil country. Phil? Oh wait, so that's a round, right, Anthony? Um, uh, beer, beer.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going beer as well. Um, it, it's too early to say in trouble. Um, I don't like McDavid being out for one to two weeks. They didn't look good last night again. They got absolutely killed by Minnesota. Ryan Hartman had what five points in that game—a hat trick and two assists. Um, I mean, he feasted on them last night. Uh, The Oilers did nothing like Anthony said to upgrade their defense or goaltending in the offseason. It seems like we're watching Pittsburgh West over there with all the dumb moves that they're making in terms of totally neglecting the two biggest areas of need in terms of what they're doing, what they needed to improve. Uh, I don't get how Jack Campbell has four starts compared to Stuart Skinner's three when Jack Campbell has looked minor league caliber in that I, I, I didn't understand starting him on opening night I, I I don't understand him getting the majority of the the lions share so far I know it's I know it's six games and and Campbell's got four but I mean why is Campbell why is Campbell getting the nod here why why is this I mean Campbell's got yeah he's got four starts out of the six games and and Skinners appeared in three of uh three games starting two of them. So Camel has not been good. I, I don't know what's going on with the coaching over there. I don't know what they're seeing, but uh, I think they may need to overhaul something because Jay Woodcroft is not making the right decisions. Uh, I was never totally sold on Jay Woodcroft, but if this continues, Jay Woodcroft will be gone, I would say maybe by the end of November if things don't turn around. Because I mean, I, I
1: think... Sorry, I think we all agreed when they signed Jack Campbell. It was a mistake to the contract that you gave him. I, yeah, I, don't I, do. know, I don't I don't get that move. And he's he's got a eight seventy-eight save percentage. What's even worse is granted he's only started three games. So again, not to reiterate sample size, but Stuart Skinner's save percentage is eight eighteen. I mean, that's the, these two goaltenders that the the kind of statistics they're putting out right now are, are horrendous. So yeah. they, they need to both be better. Simple as yeah, that.
0: It, it, it's, it's not just Campbell. I, no. I, again, I'm saying I don't understand why he's getting the start when you had a guy that was up for the Calder year. It. I mean, I just – I don't get it. But for, for me, it, it, like you said, the biggest thing is the defense. They did nothing to improve it, and I, I I don't trust the coach. And I don't know if the players trust the coach right now. It, it seems like the coach is lost. He's looking for answers. And I, I think that's part of it is because – General manager, uh, I, I think he's lost as well. I, I, he hasn't done anything to really uh, address the big areas in need, and it's put the coach in a, in a bad position. So it's a it's a domino effect, and now yeah, you need to make some sort of adjustment somewhere. So I, I have, like I said, I have a feeling that if, if things keep going south for this team, uh, with Conor McDavid out for a week or two, that's that's no good because he's a awesome. big big portion of their offense. That's the best player in the world, hands down. So if if they come back from that and if, let's just say they lose all their games or something like that, or lose the vast majority of them until he comes back and they're down in the playoff race, maybe they start maybe you start hearing his name on the hot seat sooner than later.
2: Guys, I gotta tell you, uh, and by the way, Anthony, thanks for taking all the goaltending stats because I had them ready to go. And uh I'm gonna go around
1: I got to head out and get Ella, though. You know, you guys are still on. When I get back, I'll I'll hop on, but I got to go figure out. No problem. We needed you for this one, so thanks for staying on for it. No problem. Um, But
2: we had the goaltending stats. We're all ready to go, Phil. And Anthony ended up doing all the quoting for me. uh, Sorry, hold on. Yeah, you and I both put that. Yeah, riveting television to to have somebody that needs to blow their nose. Anyway, but, Phil, this is something more of a concern for me. Uh, Number one in the league as far as, like, most goals against. So, worst amount of goals against, the highest amount. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, who right now are reeling with their goaltending and their defense. Um, But right after them is the Edmonton Oilers with 27 in only six games, where Carolina's at least got seven games played, and some of these other teams, like in Minnesota, wild 25 goals against. But I don't see where the I don't see where Edmonton improved in any way structurally or anything else. But T.S. Eckholm was great for them at the trade deadline. But since then, I mean, they're, they have to cut down their goals against. They're never going to learn this lesson. They're never going to do this. No, Edmonton Oilers are in trouble. And Conor McDavid might be able to save them, but what, are they going to be an eight seed? That's about it. They're, this is supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender. They're not a Stanley Cup contender. Come on. Like, Yeah, I don't think so. And no, I definitely don't think so. One team, though, that's making a jump is the one that out here in Arizona, I will be seeing Friday night. Can't wait to see what Mullen Arena looks like. Uh, Six points in six games so far for the Arizona Coyotes, tied for fourth in the Central. Look, these Coyotes can make the playoffs. yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: I'm gonna say beer just because they have a shot. Um, I don't. I don't know how I feel about Calgary. They still don't look like they're improved, even with getting rid of Sutter and taking the shackles off. Calgary is a negative dif- nine goal differential. Seattle doesn't look like the team they looked like last year. It looks like their goaltending is finally catching up to them. They're also a negative nine in goal differential. 25 goals allowed. Calgary's allowed 26. Edmonton's allowed 27. Um, so they have a shot. I I just don't think they're one of the better teams. I, I, I would take Vegas, Vancouver, and L.A., and then Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. And I, I think that I think Winnipeg is probably maybe even a better team at this point. But would I be sh- totally shocked that they made it? No, but I, I don't see it happening. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say beer here, but mm-hmm. I-, I do like the direction
2: they're going in. I love the direction they're going in. I love that there's a lot of pieces that are starting to fall into place for this team. You were talking about competition. That's what you're focusing on. And you know what? I'm going to echo that and keep going with that. I think Winnipeg is really the only team you have to worry about, and I think they're, they're going to falter a little bit. I'm not a big believer in Calgary. So, so on the crack they gotta they got to keep building on it. That's a solid team, but I still don't know whether or not they're as good as they were last season. Uh, but there ain't much competition in that central division, and they're no longer the bottom feeder. They're starting to look down at – Teams like the St. Louis Blues and the Nashville Predators. So basically then you have the Minnesota Wild, who are going to be still pretty good. It's always great to have a burp from water. How the hell does, that, does that happen? Um, and then you look over to the Pacific Division, which you could have said early in the preseason, hey, they might have five teams in the playoffs. Now with the Oilers struggling, I mean, they're down to just their three. And – Maybe, maybe not that they, that they get that. I think the Coyotes got a shot. I, I can only go beer on this because there's there's so much to go. And when you're a young team, you need to learn about the grind of the regular season. So uh, hopefully the Coyotes keep it going. Can't wait to check out Molet arena and Arena in a few more nights. Another arena, by the way, Phil, that I can't wait to check out is Detroit, and I don't know if you noticed, Patrick Kane is still unsigned. Patrick Kane is a great fit for the Detroit Red Wings.
0: It's funny because I I was watching the broadcast last night for Detroit and Seattle, and we're talking about Alex DeBrinket and how Alex DeBrinket looks like he has a fit as a feature guy in Detroit and he wasn't a feature guy in Ottawa. If Kane goes there, where does he fit? Who is he playing with? Is he a feature guy? I I don't know if he's necessarily the right fit in Detroit. Uh, I'm going to say Beard just because I I look at the makeup at that team, and I I don't know if he necessarily fits. I I really don't. Like, I – I, I like what Detroit has. Um, I mean, they have some good young talent. I mean, obviously you add Debrinkit to that mix of Dylan Larkin. I mean, he's playing on a line with Dylan Larkin right now and um, and Lucas Raymond, and that's one of the best lines in the league. One of the very, very best lines in the league. I mean, Could they serve to add another forward? But, but yeah, I mean, so they're, on right wing you have Debrinkit Cop can play any of the three positions. Comfort can also play right wing. You have Clem Costin, and then you also have Austin Zardik. They have wingers. Um, they have guys that can play multiple positions. Jonathan Berger and Kristen Fisher also. Lucas Raymond obviously also plays you know both positions. I guess. I guess you could bring him in, but who's who's centering him? Like for me, like what what. Good offensive players centering him. Like, if he is he a fit with Andrew Kopp as a center? Is he a fit with J.T. Confer as a center? Like, who who centering him? That's to me. That's one of the biggest things that I I, I, I worry about. If I'm like, you know, I because they're not here to answer this question. No, they're not going to be playing together. They're not going to be playing together again. So uh, it's I, I I highly doubt that that's the case. So uh, I don't think that Detroit's going to break up one of the best lines in hockey right now for Patrick Kane, unless things just go south. So uh, I, I don't, I'm going to say beer. Cause I, I, am not really not sure if he's a fit.
2: Um, I think a young team, sometimes they, they don't need the veteran to come in and change things up completely. Um, I happen to think they're doing fine right now. You don't need to to do this. And I look at – because the comparison, as far as the surgery goes, is Nicholas Backstrom. And he hasn't exactly been back to Nick Backstrom and playing. I mean, Nick Backstrom in the last uh, couple seasons, uh, like last year, 39 games, seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points, minus 25, which – not necessarily as Nick Backstrom to begin with. I just, I just wonder exactly how much can you really, really realistically expect out of Patrick Kane this year? I mean, even if you want to say, oh, he's at the surgery. Now he's, he's going to be fine. I, I don't know, Phil. I just, and I, and that's what's making it hard. I don't know where he fits. I don't know where I could look over and go, go get Patrick Kane. He's going to be fine. So I guess, um, I guess, I guess I'm just, have a shot on this. I don't know where where Patrick Kane goes. I don't know where where that magic I don't like is. the
0: Nicholas Backstrom comparison. I, I, I understand if it's because they both had hip issues and surgery for it. But Nick, if you look at Nicholas Backstrom's numbers, they were on the decline for a while before that. Mm-hmm. Like a, a while. Like his last 70-point season was back in 2018-19. Then he had 54 points in 61 games in, in the the covid stopped season in 2020. 53 points and 55 games in 2021 is nice. But 21-22, 47 games, 31 points. Last year, 21 points, 39 games. He's got zero points in five games this year. I, I think Patrick Kane is on a far less downward trajectory than Nicholas Backstrom at this point.
2: Yeah, but it, the reason why it's – and I agree with you that the points were going down, but it was, it was the surgery. That's why were all of us – No, I know.
0: that's. But I'm saying it's – I don't. I don't
2: think there's any comparison otherwise. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair enough, Philk. That's fair enough. Uh, hey, Philk, uh, you had if you had a favorite team, they played last night because all of them played, and a staggering different schedule for the NHL. So you were able to catch catch a piece of every single game. All thirty-two teams played in the NHL last year. And, whoop, I made a mistake on that one. I had to f- fix that. All of them had to play last night. They are doing this again soon, though, if I recall correctly. I think it's sometime in January. Yeah. The NHL Frozen Frenzy is a success, and they should do it more often.
0: Yeah, that's a round. It's a layup, actually. You need to adjust. Yeah. They need to do more of this. So um, I, I would like to see it in February after the Super Bowl. On uh, like a, a Saturday or a Sunday, and um, I, I definitely think that they uh, they definitely need to uh, do more of that. So yes, this is an easy layup for me.
2: One thing uh, we are always in agreement on, and uh, I'm just I'll just throw my round up there too. Any way you can grow the game, and in this yep. way, they did this opening night, and it was only three games, but it it worked very well. You do it now, and you get the teams who, they really, you know, you get to catch a different part of every single game. The gamblers are interested in it. I keep bragging that I went eight for eight on my, on my parlay. That's also how
0: you're going to grow the game, the gamblers.
2: Yeah, and you get more of that. And then you also get this uh, the red zone uh, NHL. That they how want do to you to think to do you're
0: with? going to attract casual fans? You're going to market the game to them. And then you're also going to get the gamblers because the casual gamblers are going to look at DraftKings, uh, whatever they use. And, yeah, I noticed how I dropped DraftKings in there. But um, (laughs) they're going to look at something like DraftKings and they're going to say, oh, hey, you know what? I don't follow hockey, but I do like betting. Let me bet on hockey. Let me me see what this is. And then that's how they get into it. That's how you can attract fans that way. And, yeah, don't have it on a Tuesday. You kind of have to have it on a Tuesday until college football and the NFL end. But, yes, that's why I said I want to see this in February or March after football season ends completely on a Saturday or a Sunday. So this way you can stagger them from 12 o'clock all the way until, you know, 10 o'clock at night.
2: You're onto something with that, Phil, because I think if you're doing that from 12 o'clock – then you have the early game. Then you stagger a 12.30 game in there. Then you have a 1 o'clock game, maybe. Then a 2 o'clock game. So now you have three games going, now the 2 o'clock game's going, and then you have a 3 o'clock game. Maybe do a couple more on the hour, maybe even every half hour. And you you, you culminate it with uh, uh, an original six matchup, maybe like uh, Detroit-Toronto, Red Rangers-Toronto, put Connor Bedard on, and... Um, and I keep saying Toronto or Montreal, but those are the, the other two original sixes. I mean, obviously Boston. You might as well just but name the last team that I didn't say. The other
0: thing you're going to have to do with this is like ESPN did last night when they did the whip around coverage. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a channel in which you can get this whip around coverage on. And part of what makes the NFL so appealing is that they have NFL red zone. The NHL yeah. needs an equivalent of that. And I'm telling you right now, when you could go from game to game to game, especially if you're a better, it's even better that way. Mm. Because you're you're you're, cu- you're watching more games, more highlights of games over time. You're getting more updates. I mean, like look at this. Some guy won a grand after betting two dollars a game last night. That's a huge parlay that he must have hit on. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So when you hit on something like that, you you win a grand. I mean, this guy right here to. Over there, I should say, yeah, over over, uh, there. Sorry, I can't point in the right direction that way. But, yeah, that guy (laughs) won $500. So, but, yeah. So, you you, you need something like that, and you need that channel so that this way, I mean, even if it's ESPN2 or ESPN whatever the hell it is, or uh, whatever NHL Network ends up doing it, somebody's got to do it so that that way – there's constant coverage of this and you can just keep going and going. And ESPN went to commercial. Red zone doesn't do commercials. So yep. you, you, they got to make it like directly like, they got to make it exactly like red zone.
2: I just don't know how you can make it like red zone. And, I only, and the only reason why I say it like that is because red zone's got the ability to cover sudden goals. Oh sorry. sudden scoring as well as there's a buildup that goes to that nh uh, mlb beginning there's a buildup that usually goes to that um i think the nba one is big run or something like that when a team's on a big run they'll they'll switch over a channel it's just with the nhl if you try to do just power plays that's not going to work if you try to do uh maybe momentum swings or something like that but you just got to do live look-ins and just do that and here's the funny thing phil you mentioned a lot of things We haven't mentioned the word fantasy. We talked about gambling, which is is a good thing. We didn't talk about fantasy. And everybody had their fantasy team going last night. And, uh, I mean, although my goalies, two of them sat because it was Stuart Skinner and Marc-Andre Fleury. So that's where the good news about that was. Uh, They got a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, but I'm glad Skinner didn't start since uh, Campbell got let up for seven. So, or six, I think, with an empty netter. All right, because um, again, I gotta actually check around how the whip around, how it, well it worked. Uh, there's gonna be YouTube clips on that, so I can't wait to see about that. And you got the right host. You got John across who is an absolute gem in uh, in uh, in the studio. I, I I love Booch. All right, well, everybody, thanks for Big Apple Hockey's far Talk, and um, obviously, I'm. Uh, last week, I was under the weather. This one, I'm half asleep because I just uh, jumped on a plane and flew cross-country right now. So uh, having uh, having my fiance meet my parents, and she's already got one of them down. She's got to get the, the, other one, the other one coming home later. Uh, Phil, as David pointed out, we got to get a Mark messed up shirt. So uh, eventually, we'll get a Mark messed up shirt. I mean, I like to get these a little bit more popular. But uh, yeah, we'll get that around. All right. Um, B. Ryan, by the way, was saying earlier, uh, Schneider has been brutal. He played better last night. How about. Yeah, I,
0: I, I think he played a little better. I, he still needs to be a lot better, more like he was when he first came up in 21, 22. But he, I mean, his first few games were not good. So I, I want to see him get better. But he's also adjusting to a new system as a young player, as a young defenseman. So it's even harder on him than it is the, the forwards and the veterans. So,
2: And, and also a new defensive partner.
0: And that too, yeah. I mean, he's had – let's see. He's been with uh, Nemeth, uh, Braun, Mikola. Harper. Uh, Gustafson. Gustafson. I He's had like five or six defensive partners. I think it's probably play. close
2: to six or seven. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's, I mean, it's not easy when you're you're adjusting to a new system and a new partner, especially one who has the, you know, who has the inclination to get involved in the play offensively.
2: You think um, switching Gustafson and Miller could work?
0: No. I, uh, I, I really, I, I don't see what that does. All right. I mean, I, I think, I think Truba can be a calming influence on Miller as long as Truba's not trying to run around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, I, I I don't see, I don't see that being an answer.
2: As Mikey Red was saying, he'll take Mac and Chuck. He's a playoff beast, and regular season doesn't mean crap. You know what? That's a good point because, but Matt Kachuk was not considered a playoff player. And then last year, he uh, changed all his You know, all it takes, Phil, one guy just to say, yeah. one, just to change things around. Alex Rodriguez, he had no. one good postseason and everything else was, was changed. Uh, Granny is talking about Nick Baxter. Baxter said that the rehab was brutal. Was it the same type of surgery as Wilson and Marshand? Um, I'm uh, not exactly anything.
0: sure. I would have to look up the details on that.
2: Yeah. So uh, there's a lot that has to go with it. So, <coughs> so and they ticket it isn't on the TV anymore. We do know about that. Hey, Phil, uh, do you want to do a quick. Um, oh, Jones. We forgot about Jones and we forgot about Jared Tenorti at one point.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean not exactly great partners by any I means. So. Oh no, folk. It's not being called a markism whenever you you call somebody or right. just misspelling the name. So <laughs> and we uh thank you. Yeah, hip resurfacing is what uh what Kane had. And I know that's what the same one that Baxter had. I don't know if that's the same one Marshawn had, but we're gonna check that out, guys. We're gonna get back to you on that one. Yeah, so, Phil, did you want to do a quick fuck-doku? Uh, yeah, we'll try to do one quick. We'll do one quick. And the good thing is I did not participate in any of them, so I don't have... I either. Yeah, so you'll be able to knock us out in, uh, in very shortly. All right. Um... And let's do a quick, let's play Buck Doku. Okay. So we need a New York Ranger and a Detroit Red Wing. Um, i go Ray Shepard. I was going to say Mike. Actually, you know what?
0: I'll I'll go with a different one. Uh, Different one. Hold on. I just thought of one. Bob Barry.
2: I always forget Bob Arie was a New York Ranger.
0: Wayne Gretzky's last season.
2: Bob Barry, 0.2%. A New York Ranger and a Pittsburgh Penguin. Troy Loney. Over Rico Fata? Troy Loney. Troy Loney. The first guy ever to play for the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders in the same season. And a World Championship Gold Medal. This one's... uh,
0: I'm just gonna go Mika's ad because it's the first one I know right off the top of my head, but it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be an obvious one.
2: Yeah, it's, world championships hard.
0: are harder because nobody really pays attention to those.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know Henry guanquist won one. Um, so did advantagead?
0: They were on the same team.
2: They were on the same team. That's right. Um, I was trying to think if Kreider won gold. In no, the I season don't think so. For. Okay, so he I, I really did. I really don't
0: face
2: up. And Adam Fox, I mean, that was World Juniors. That's not the same case. We're going to oh, go with Capo it. Caco. Capo Caco? Yeah. Uh,
0: 2019. He won, okay. um, he won World
2: Junior, World Championship in the same season. Okay, we're going to go with Caco, 9%. So a bit of a failure for us on that one, but... All right, L.A. and Detroit.
0: I, I I could probably tell you right now, uh, Jimmy Carson.
2: Easy, yeah, that's a good one.
0: That's um.
2: I mean, was I could Peter think of-
0: Klima a king? I huh. I know he was a Red Wing. I don't know if he was a Thomas Santrum would be another one.
2: But I'm going to use him for Pittsburgh. That's okay. So you can use... uh
0: Clema, uh, you could use... Actually, I would use Clema for Pittsburgh and L.A. because Clema played for Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we could use San Santamere then. Because Clema did play for L.A on Sandstrom 0.8% and Peter Kleema. Which is funny that we're we're talking about Peter Kleema, Phil, because after all, he had um he had uh, the game winner in game one versus Boston in 1990 when the lights went out. Yes, in in the Stanley Cup finals. World championship gold. Uh easy to say, Nicholas Listrom, right? That's not Detroit, bud. Oh, oh, sorry. That's right. I went the other way. It's L.A. L.A., dude. Yeah. I was about to say, where are
0: you getting nickels? Yeah, the reason
2: why you don't say those things right away, guys.
0: Uh, World Championship L.A. This is a tough, tough one. Um, um,
2: hmm. Right. I got one, but he's a thirteen percenter, so I'm going to actually uh, see if we can do better than that. I don't think he won gold. World uh, we'll Championship for LA. By the way, the thirteen percent was Rob Blake. Rob Blake. Uh, yeah. Uh, world Championships is hard because it, it's
0: gold medals are broadcast for everybody for for like Olympics and, and you know even World Juniors is easier to access. World Championships are not really broadcasted anywhere. You have to really look for those unless you're watching them on NHL Network. The, uh, so the past ones are not really like available. Like, right offhand. Well, um, oh. I would just go with Blake because I, I, I really don't know anybody right off the top of my head for that.
2: Okay, so we'll just do that just to keep us going because um, I'm pretty sure if we had a chance, we would uh, we'd be able to get around that. To Rob Blake, 13%. Our unique score, 22. We're very much embarrassed by that. All right. 40-plus career playoff goals, Detroit Red Wings. Dino Cicirelli?
0: Um, Yeah, he would be one. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't want to use him, though. He, I think he's a little more obvious. Um, he's
2: a one percenter.
0: One percent? Mm
2: hmm. Oh.
1: Uh,
2: To see if you could come up with somebody better. Like, who would be Chris Draper? Kurt Walpi? Uh, I, mean, well, I want to
0: say Ray Shepard.
2: Oh. Ray Shepard in his career. Ray Shepard had thirty career playoff goals. Fourteen with Detroit, ten with Florida, which is amazing. Yeah, ten with Florida. None with the Rangers. None with. uh, Well, obviously, none with San Jose. Um. Uh, So, how about let's say Chris Draper? We said before. But I think Chris Draper is going to be an obvious one. To be honest. No, I, I don't think he made it. 24. All right, so that's definitely not Maltby. Federer is an obvious one. How about Darren McCarty?
0: I don't think he made it either.
2: I don't think he made it either. I think you're right. Uh, Darren McCarty, 23. Um. Let me see what you guys are saying right here. Todd Bertuzzi, Mike Red. I, I kind of like that one, but I, I don't know. Oh, Diaz for the Rangers. That would have been a good one too. Uh, um. Well, what about Alex Delvecchio? I mean, I was just gonna one? say
0: Alex Delvecchio, but I, I, I'm, I think he might fall short because he was more of a playmaker. Um,
2: 35, he just falls short. You
0: used Sandstrom
2: already, right? Yeah, I used Sandstrom for uh, Detroit and LA. Damn it. Dino Cicerelli?
0: Luke Robitaille would be an interesting one. But he's probably going to be fairly
2: obvious. He's going to be obvious. Brett Hall would be obvious. Uh, you know, let's go – because we do have the unique – score is already pretty high. Let's try – Yeah, I would say
0: Cicerelli then.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try one more guy that's really out of curiosity. 40 career playoff goals. Yeah, he does. Oh, Patrick Pat Verbeek did not make it. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're going to do this yeah. Rally and keep it going. One percenter. All right. 40 career playoff goals, Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Uh I mean, there's a bunch of them here I can think of. Um, Joel Mullen is an interesting one just because I mean I know that he's he's up there. Um he's won two, he won three Stanley Cups. Ronnie Francis. I mean, you can think of Yarmer Yager. Um, I would say. I don't think Kevin Stevens made it. I think he felt just short. Because uh,
2: I'll check Kevin Stevens real quick. Uh, I Joe think he Mullen is short. In front of
0: no, Kevin Stevens did actually. Kevin Stevens would be a good one.
2: Let's see who would be worse. Uh, Joe Mullen, one percent. Kevin Stevens. He might be less than one. Nope. Kevin Stevens is a two percenter. I wonder
0: if Peter Nedved
2: made it. Does he have 40 career playoff goals?
0: I, I don't know. I, I... No, Nedved. Nedved,
2: Nedved, Nedved tended to be a good player on bad teams. 19 career playoff goals.
0: Alexi Koblov is another one. I, I wonder if Marty – actually – Marty Straka?
2: Mm, I don't think Straka's has made it. Marty Straka, who had the goal in game five for the Buffalo Sabres. That was
0: wiped out by a phantom Brad Isbister goaltender interference call. Ryan Miller flopped. Ryan Miller, thank you for coming on this show, but you flopped so badly <laughs> on that call. It wasn't even funny. No, Straka uh, 26. 26. Um, for Penguins,
2: I think Joey Mullen is the answer.
0: I, 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 I mean, you go with
2: Mullen. We're gonna go with Mullen because we have one more hard one to do. We got to figure out somebody that won a World Gold and has forty career playoff goals. Hmm.
0: Forty uh, career playoff
2: goals. Let's see what you guys got right here. Oh Holmstrom is so a wait,
0: do, does the Canada Cup count towards World Championship gold?
2: I think that is actually
0: I because I, it's an IIHF tournament. So yes. I, I think it should count towards that. So if if that's the case, I actually have a bunch of guys that I, I believe that would fall under this category. Um Brian Propp would be, like, the first one I could think of. Him and Rick Tockett were, like, the two guys that were right off the top of my head because I'm pretty sure they were both on that team in 87.
2: Brian Propp, 64 career playoff goals. Let's see. You know what? Let's see how that works. Brian Propp?
0: Yeah, Brian Propp was on that roster.
2: Brian Propp is correct, so they're not counting that one.
0: They're not counting that?
2: No. It's, oh, it's,
0: that's, oh, that's that's. I did that on the side. That's bullshit. It's not a. It's not a. It, it, it is a world championship because it, it's it's a gold medal in, in a non Olympic IIHF tournament. It's the same mm-hmm. thing.
2: Uh, David saying Roman Yosi.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't have forty career playoff. And he doesn't have
2: forty goals. career playoff goals. Yeah, Leo is saying uh, Canada Cups and World Cups are different. World
0: championships are different. I, yeah. I find that to be complete bullshit, but okay.
2: Yeah, it's basically the same thing.
0: I, think I don't we think Marich has 40 career playoff goals. Yeah. I don't think he was even in the playoffs enough to
2: have 40 career playoff goals. You know, he had a lot more playoff time than what people give him credit for, or that you might think, because he appeared with – uh the islanders no he had 21 career play
0: i wonder patrick elliash did he win world championship goals
1: ah he must have
2: uh well first patrick elliash let's get that first thing out of the way 45 career goals
1: Um huh, let's good.
2: Patrick Eliash is not an answer. <sighs> Damn it. Uh, I hate when they throw this one out there. Yeah, Elias is not. You got two bronze. Thank you, Leo. Uh, Who was it that said before? Let me just answer one of these. Uh, One of the guys mentioned Rico Fada. David, Rico Fada, who was in the Alexei Kovalev deal, uh, he was a point three for the Penguins and the Rangers. So Troy Loney is still a quintessential answer. And, yeah, times like this, you feel like just – typing in your mother Uh, just be like go screw yourself
0: i don't even know this is a tough one
2: that's a tough one 40 40 career playoff goals and this is where it's like i mean lindros
0: uh wrong one did eric lindros have 40 career playoff goals I don't know. I mean, no, he had only twenty four in fifty seven games. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in fifty three games, he had fifty seven points, though. That's nuts. He made the playoffs a lot, but I mean, he just they were just like first round. There were two two of his. He only played two games in 99 2000 because uh, obviously coming back from the concussion and then getting concussed again by Stevens. 97 98 was a first round knockout. And then they were only three, like, really like runs that he had 95 to the Eastern Conference Finals. 96, they got knocked out by uh, Florida. And then uh, 97, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals.
2: I have a three percenter. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I could do one better for us, Phil. Patrice Bergeron. Just go with it. Just go with it. Okay. Patrice Bergeron. And in case of you were wanting on the last one, let's go with some of these. Uh, uh, View stats.
1: Sidney Crosby
2: was 42%. That's one reason why I knew about that one.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Justin Williams. Moore. I was thinking Moore. And, of course, Anthony's favorite, Steve Thomas, to use. Daniel Breyer, uh, Grovatai, Mark Recchi I should have known Mark Reckie, too. Come on, he's played in everything. And you get guys like Nate McKinnon usually early in their careers because you got to think about these these players like, say, for Sergey Federer and Pavel Datsyuk, They'll play for Russia if uh, they're out because their national programs, they basically always have them coming back. Like, you don't get as many Americans doing that. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. All right, so that is it on the Puck Doku, boys. And um, we're actually, yeah, did Marcus Naslin win gold? Uh, he wasn't on there, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's because he didn't have enough uh, uh, assists. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think Naslin won gold. It's, it's so hard to tell because, got, like you said, the IHF, it's not the Olympics. It's not.
0: They don't get the fanfare. It's it's they're not they're not watched. It's you have to really look for that. It's not really talked about when well, I'm trying to, because it's in the off season.
2: So. Yeah, and after all, Great Britain won in 1937 and 1950. How about that? All right, uh, just waiting for Phil to come on back, guys, and then we'll do a sign off. Ovi, yeah, I could have could have gone with Ovi because I definitely know the Russians had one, but. Um. So, yeah, a little bit subdued today. Uh, I guess we could have used this stuff for the Islanders, speaking of which, to help them, remind them that they need to.
0: Well, then get your shit together.
2: Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. And if you got to take it. <laughs> I'll spare everybody the rest of that one. I do love using that clip, though. All right. Filk. So the Rangers go to Edmonton. Uh, I think it's safe to say if you're a gambling man, bet the over in that game.
0: I don't know. I don't necessarily know. I mean, Edmonton still can score goals. But you're, and this is going to be a tough team that they're going to play defensively here. Uh, I mean, if the, as long as the Rangers don't have one of their brain fart games where they just don't show up. And they they kind of take Edmonton lightly. Leon Dreisaitl still has 11 points for six games. That's just stupid. It just shows you how good he actually is. Um, And, I mean, looking at their – looking at the strength of their schedule so far, they lost back-to-back games in Vancouver, where they got absolutely blown out the first game opening night. And then they let up another four – You know, three nights later, um, they lost to Philadelphia 4-1, which is surprising. An overtime loss to the Jets, and then they get killed by Minnesota. So this is a team that's pretty leaky, and the Rangers, I mean, they're not scoring a ton of goals. I mean, they've only had more than four, four or more goals twice so far in these six games, and it was against Nashville and Minnesota, who admittedly isn't playing well defensively either. So, uh, I think the Rangers could shut them down, but you are going to have to show up the play.
2: Yeah, because that's, that's what I was giving the Bruins credit on. They have a lot of they showed up for every single game. So, Edmonton Oilers minus 10 in goal for the right now. Minus 10 and uh, consider this. They won a game 6-1. And they're a minus ten, so they could be minus fifteen. Maybe take away that game. Like that's how bad things are right now in Edmonton. So, um, y'all wonder if they're gonna get it together? I don't know. So, we're gonna we're gonna find out about that soon enough. I gotta actually get a soundbite for Maria saying that "get it together, get it together," and I uh, get that in here. Um, figure it out. I already got a couple other soundbites I have to get in. Yeah, you have to use
0: the letter to figure it out.
2: Yeah, figure it out, man. Figure it out. Because, uh, I mean, after we got plenty of, of letter Kenny in there. Uh, but, Phil, it's the last word. What are you looking forward to this weekend?
0: Here in the NHL or just anything other way? Just looking forward to tomorrow night's game. And then, you know, obviously Saturday night in Vancouver. Vancouver is actually playing well. They're going to be a tough test. Um, Elias Pedersen has picked up right where. He went off a, a of Elias lead, I should say. Um, they they are 4-2, just like the Rangers right now. And they've scored a lot of goals in their games. I mean, the only game that they haven't scored a goal, they got shut out by Philly, apparently. But mm. every other game they've played, three or more goals. And they've had four more goals in three games, including five and an eight-goal game. So Vancouver is scoring. Uh,
2: they are a pretty deadly team. Yeah, matter of fact, by the way, David, D-Back's going to be in the World Series. That's going to be taking place down the street from uh, Mullen Arena, where actually, not right down the street, it's going to be in Phoenix. But I've played on that field before, so it's nice that I play on a field where a World Series is won. Rangers and D-Back, the well, Series. That's how you know sports is not great everybody nobody at those teams. Um, yeah, uh, Wu-Tang PJs, it was, uh, this is uh, the outro music. This is my cousin Phil, God rest his soul. Uh, This is a a good song to have an outro for. Guys, thanks every every single week for joining us. If you miss any segments, I'm going to be putting more segments on and also plenty of shorts. So thank you all very much. And we will be back every Wednesday, same format. Talk more hockey for you. So, thank you very much, everybody. And thank you. good night.
0: Let's go, Rangers.